Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag BYU. Call claps the hands, has a snap, four-man rush. He steps up in the pocket. He's going to try to scramble. He's got a little bit of room. Grayson McCall makes a man miss. Look out. 50, 40, 35, 30. Grayson foot race to the end zone, to the 10, to the 5. Grayson McCall, touchdown, got it clear. Wow. He'll clap the hands. He wants to pass. He makes the scramble. Now he's going to throw to the end zone. Mamble's there, and he's got it for the touchdown. Got it clear. Sweet. Grayson McCall takes a couple of steps back like it's a quarterback draw, leans forward. That brings the linebackers up. Grayson McCall lobs it right over the head to a wide-open C.J. Marable. All right, Grayson McCall. That's who BYU's going to play this week. Grayson McCall, huh? What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm going to play Grayson McCall and the Chancellors, Coastal Carolina. <laughs> what am I, Daffy Duck here? <laughs> you are Daffy Duck. Uh, breaking news just barely coming in, PK. We've got it from Ross Dellinger, Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports, and BYU and Coastal Carolina are playing Saturday. I want it from Woj. I want it We don't get from... Woj for college very often, though. Yeah, yeah, when I knew him, he covered college. Come on, this yeah, is the but... biggest news in college football of the week. It's like 20 years ago. BYU, our Cougars. You're getting on a plane and going, they're going to get down with CCU. Coastal Carolina, ranked 18th. Looking like it's going to happen. Liberty is going to be, obviously, with the COVID situation and uh, things that I had heard yesterday, but uh, more news developing. What I had heard overnight uh, yesterday was that it was like an ASU situation. You know, they were just waiting until that they had the formal announcement that they weren't going to be able to play. And so BYU is ready to go. Uh, Saw this morning with the truck on line there, traveling east to South Carolina is where Coastal Carolina is. Conway, South Carolina. Yeah, I've been there. Just outside of Myrtle Beach. I've actually been there. Oh, you have? Yeah, not for work. Okay. Uh, I spent some time in Myrtle Beach. Ah, that makes sense then. So, uh, saw Coastal Carolina. No, I've not done anything work-wise to been to North Carolina for work. I don't know that I've been to South Carolina for work. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're 9-0. Uh, and zero. I guess the big thing for the Cougars is this good enough. The intent here, the New Year's Day 6, has become the ultimate obsession and goal, destination. Is this good enough? Will this do the trick? In what way? What do you think, Cougar fans? I'm flying the ship this morning solo with Yach. We'll have some guests like we normally do. I want to hear from you. What do you think? Is this good enough? How much of a bump do you think the Cougars will get? And talk of maybe then on the in two weeks playing Liberty. The Flames are independent. They've had a pretty good season. Well, obviously, Coastal Carolina, if you look at their record, is. We'll we'll get into this. I've been writing down a bunch of stuff, cramming for Coastal Carolina since last night. Uh, haven't seen them play except for a few highlights. I did see them earlier in the season because they were on television, and it was something that uh, who knows what we were going to get. At that point, I don't think the Pac-12 and Mountain West had decided to come back. 
So I watched them beat the you-know-what out of Kansas, which I'm not sure is a big deal. But uh, there you go, Coastal Carolina, man. We'll hit it here. Stay with us at 7.30. We'll delve deeper into it right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag Utah State. Aggies, tonight, the Academy, Air Force Academy. The chop blocking fools, as Kyle Whittingham once described them with uh, their method of the offense that they run. We all know the offense that they run. We've been seeing it for years because BYU and Utah played them every year, and then they went on their merry way, and Utah State picked it up. And so now they play them. So uh, Air Force 2-2, two and two, and we know the Ags are 1-4 coming off of their, for them, a big win a week ago today, Thanksgiving night at the uh, Air Force uh, against New Mexico up in Logan. This thing is 7.30 tonight. CBS Sports, our own Scott Gerard will have the play-by-play coverage, of course. Beginning with the pregame show right here, 6.30 on the Zone Sports Network. Now we'll see, man. If just a bunch of fresh faces. And now at this point for Utah State, you think that the guys who want to be there are there. They've had somewhat of a house cleaning. I mean, it's definitely unusual to have this this many guys leave the program. But we're seeing this is something across the country with the opt-out. Some people say it's the quit rather than the opt-out. But nevertheless, that's what's going on. So Frank Miley will take his team into action tonight. And we'll see if that was an improvement or they just beat up on a lousy New Mexico team. Their coach, Danny Gonzalez, I was reading afterward, really went after those guys, basically calling them losers. So we'll see if the Aggies have made an improvement. I hope they do. hope they are. hope they're better. I'd like to see them win, get something going there in Logan, have some momentum going into next season. All right, we'll talk about it, obviously, a little bit this morning. Watch the game tonight. Excited to watch the game. And we'll see what we have right there. All right, let's turn the page, my good man. Hashtag college football. Well, as we know, it's this time of week, uh, this time of, uh, well, it's the only time of year, but it's certainly this time of week of the season. A bunch of postponements. Uh, Michigan, Maryland. So Herb Street made his apology. Uh, I don't know that they're waving the white flag. Because if you're Michigan, you think you'd want to play Maryland. Now, the big thing is, that are they going to be available for next week with Ohio State? And what's going to happen with the Big Ten and the rules with Ohio State? Because they haven't been out on the field in a while. Their coach, Ryan Day, wasn't scheduled to coach uh, this game uh, that the, the Buckeyes have. Who do they have this week? Some dog that uh, Ohio State has. Uh, so can they uh, be available for next week? And they need two games for Michigan. So we'll follow that. Big game here regionally. Not that it was going to be much of a doubt. Boise and UNLV is off. So Boise uh, has not been able to get out on the field consistently either. This all sucks on every every level. We understand all that. And then what we thought would happen is now official. The Vegas Bowl, 10th Bowl to cancel their game. It's out. And you wonder, what what are the others hanging on for? And it's funny, you know, because not, not in the ha-ha sense by any stretch, but if you wonder if the... New Year's Day 6s will play. I know they're higher profile, but if the issues are the issues and they're the same, the level of bowl game shouldn't really matter. I wouldn't think. So, we'll see. BYU striving to get in. Maybe they're striving to get into something that won't happen anyway. And the coaching carousel 
It's been delayed a little bit. Normally this time of year it would be flying high because the season would be over. We would be having the conference title games would be tomorrow and Saturday. So those teams that are making coaching changes obviously wouldn't most likely be in those games. And so they would be running crazy as far as hiring. But we haven't had that. We did have a hiring yesterday. Tulane offensive coordinator Will Hall is going to Southern Miss. And that was announced yesterday. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Hashtag NFL. Gets the snap and is back. Throws it quickly. Intercepted at the 15-yard line. At the 10. That's Joe Hayden into the end zone for the pick six to put the Steelers on the board first. How about that play? Roethlisberger stays in the shotgun on first and goal. He wants to throw it to his right. He does. Touchdown, Juju Smith-Schuster. What a nice throw by Ben to put it right on the money. And for Juju, his sixth of the year, the Steeler offense finally smells the chalk. All right, the Steeler offense did just enough. That's funny. I watched the game. Did you watch it, Yuck? I watched about half of it. I had to go to a family event, but it was a... Wednesday afternoon football game with a team yeah. that seemed like it had a JV squad out there. Well, boy, that was what was uh, going on uh, for the Steelers. I mean, my man, their coach. Tom, Mike Tomlin called it our JV squad. Yeah, he went off the, well, what was about this game that stood out? Us sucking, I'm paraphrasing. But the answer, us sucking, was very strong. He didn't like it. Uh, Roethlisberger, 266 yards with the TD and a pick. 19 to 14, yeah, that was it was sluggish, lackluster, because the Ravens, and obviously they had all sorts of issues. They used two quarterbacks, Griffin, the third man, his eighth year in the league. It seems like he has been gone, MIA, for about five or six years. We know he's had the injury issues, and he had uh, what do you have a hamstring issue yesterday, and then they brought in the Penn State quarterback. They couldn't really get anything going, although right before the end of the first half, man, they got down to one with you know, six seconds to go, and they threw a pass. It seemed like they really just mishandled the clock in that situation. And I don't know if you just add that score to it because they didn't get anything. Obviously, that gives them more than 19 that Pittsburgh had, but I don't know that everything would have played out as such if they would have scored on that. But um, the only thing that matters is the Steelers are 11-0. And, yeah, it is a crazy thing. You have to rely on the Steelers. They're probably their other 10 games. I mean, they're legitimate. This one yesterday was a screwy situation on all accounts. We really haven't seen anything like that in the NFL this season with the COVID, and I think it sort of caught up to them yesterday. But they had they tried to play the game, and you're just going to have to make do. So, and the team that wins the Super Bowl, they're going to be celebrating wildly, and they're not going to want to hear any yeah buts. And it's like the Dodgers and the Lakers and the other sports, same thing. So I, I guess that uh, was the longest week in NFL history because it wrapped up week 12. So 13, uh, the Ravens moved their game. Uh, Thursday night against Dallas, which will be played next Tuesday. So hang on to your hat there, and we'll see if they have the uh, sort of like, uh, oh, what is it? The musical chairs moving these games. And uh, we'll see who gets to play this week and who gets to move. Uh, Broncos coach Fangio saying that the team fined all four of its quarterbacks for COVID violation protocols. They didn't wear masks, so they all had to miss the game against New Orleans. We know what that was about. That was another thing that was that was tough to watch. 
tried to watch a little bit of it. Unfortunately, I got the NFL ticket, so I didn't bother. Even though it was Taysom Hill, uh, I really couldn't get into that game. We'll see if the NFL disciplines the team more. They've been doing that because they're taking hardline stances because they're getting down to the end of the season and want to continue, obviously. All right, let's move on to the NBA. Hashtag NBA. We can. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, we absolutely can. Like RJ said with the Nets, it, first of all, it all starts with health. Yeah. You have to you have to have some luck. And you have to have health. That's LeBron talking about the Lakers and their chances to repeat. Now, Lakers got some big money news yesterday in terms of contracts. LeBron re-upping two years, $85 million. And then this morning, they're announcing the deal, $190 million max deal for Anthony Davis. There are two stars. LeBron, so he's turning 36, right, this month? And that's what is He'll be that? 36. He'll be 38 by the end of this deal. Right. Um, there are thoughts that he wants to play with his son, who is going to be coming to the NBA. It's somewhere around the time he's 40. Well, we'll see if his son is an NBA player. Uh, also true. We've had a lot of folks who are stars at 15 and 16 that uh, don't pan out, or maybe they do pan out uh, as far as making the NBA, but the level of stardom that was predicted for them when they were young teens. So uh, we'll see if that happens. It's funny that, you know, yesterday was Bogut retiring, and basically he was saying, it's hard to get out of bed, I'm paraphrasing, but his body had broken down. Well, go look at the age of Andrew Bogut and go look at the age of LeBron James. They're very similar, if not exactly the same age. And LeBron is re-upping, and he's going strong. So LeBron is somewhat of an NBA medical marvel here that he's able to continue at such a high, high level at an advanced age in the NBA. Because especially for him, when he came in the NBA first thing right out of high school, and it didn't take him time to warm up. He was an instant smashing success from day one. Let's say like a Garnett or a Kobe or some of these other guys, back when the kids can come out of high school and go directly into the NBA, they uh, were gradual. Uh, quick, quick gradually, if there's such a thing. Uh, but LeBron, no. So he's been piling up the minutes, playing international ball, playing extended seasons. He's been to the finals, what, eight or nine, ten times? And so he still continues to be at the top of his game, at least to an extent to where it's barely noticeable if he's dropped anything. So it's somewhat of a marvel. No matter what you think of him, as far as what he can able is to accomplish out on the court, it's just simply amazing. And then the other big news, obviously, yesterday, was the Rockets trading Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall and a protected 2023 pick that has all sorts of stipulations. And they were disgruntled, both of them, and they wanted to move on. Uh, yeah, so it is, they're big names, but you wonder if it's just sort of a rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic for both of these teams. Now, now Wall hasn't been playing because he's had an injury issue, so Ruptured I suppose Achilles. just uh, yeah, so I suppose just for Washington's sake, getting a healthy Westbrook, and I would say getting an irritated Westbrook, but Westbrook looks irritated all the time, so maybe he's even more irritated. I don't know what the Wall is going to do for Houston. And the Jazz compete with Houston, so if I'm a Jazz fan, I sort of like that trade. 
because it dents Houston a little bit, and Houston was in that neighborhood of competing specifically for conference standings position with the Jazz. Now I'm not so sure they are. We'll have to see what Wall's health is and what they do with James Harden, how they handle that going forward. Remains to be seen, but it's something that we'll watch. I mean, obviously the Jazz don't have those issues. They have stability. Seems like they always have stability, and that's one of the call calling cards and hallmarks of the organization is stability, where some of these other teams don't have it. Houston right now being one of them. Hey, with the NBA also announced that what there are 48 players or 48 positive tests came back out of 400 or 546 players in their initial rounds of the testing that they did last month. Now, I don't know. Is that a good number? I don't know if that's a good number, if that's a high number, if that's a low number. I wouldn't know what to expect on that. I haven't really been paying that much attention uh, to what's been going on beyond what I'm supposed to do. Uh, So I'm not sure what that means. Hopefully it means that games can be played. And the NBA season will open on the 21st. What's today? The 3rd? Correct. So uh, you'll have a nationally televised doubleheader on TNT. The Warriors versus the Nets. And obviously Kevin Durant is coming back. And he played for the Warriors, so we can see where that's juicy. And then it'll be followed by the Clippers and the Lakers. And Paul George, man, sort of went after uh, Doc Rivers yesterday. So Strong was, comments. Yeah, miscast, essentially, in about, his role. Uh, yeah, they wanted him to be a J.J. Redick-type player, running around off picks and all that stuff. And he said he could do that, but that isn't his game. They didn't make adjustments in the playoffs. And we know about the practice issues and Kawhi reports of him not wanting to practice and being late because he was commuting from San Diego. So that seemed like a mess. And now you wonder and you step back. Again, that's that's confusion. That's going against their own selves. And that's something that I've been talking about the Jazz. You know, the whole idea is to have everybody pushing towards the same goal. And not that I'm sure it's great harmony every day with the Jazz because I've heard stuff and you know, things get, things happen when you get people together. But it seems like the Clippers were having some self-implosion, and then you wonder why they blew a 3-1 to one lead against the Nuggets. Well, it's easier to understand as things come out. And now they got uh, Lou there to coach. He moves up from assistant. We'll see if he can get them all together. All right, let's finish it up with College Hoop. Hashtag College Basketball. The top-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs trail at halftime for the first time this season, but a strong offensive second half leads them to 3-0 on the year. 87-82, the final score. That is the call of Gonzaga last night. Uh, West Virginia, two highly-ranked teams. Now, Gonzaga's ranked one, so you can't get any higher. Suggs, their star freshman, goes down. Looks like it's an Achilles. The announcers don't want to say anything. I check on Twitter. It's just saying his Achilles is blowing up. And then that would be a bad issue. But he did come back. He looked like he was limping to an extent, but he did come back. Did you hear Mark Few's comments after the game? Yeah, along the lines, well, I told him if he was going to limp, I wasn't going to play him, so he stopped Stopped limping. limping. (laughs) uh, Now this kid, uh, he's the highest-rated recruit that Gonzaga has ever had, and he's all over mock drafts for next year when we get to the NBA draft. And so he comes out of Minnesota. He was Mr. Basketball and Mr. Football. How about that? Man, that's uh, something. So he chose to go to Gonzaga. Gonzaga's got some veteran guys with Kispert and Timmy, and then they've got uh, Znemhard became eligible, and he was really good. 
And so they beat West Virginia. They they, they continue to amaze on what they've what Mark Few's been able to do. BYU got a nice win. Watched a good portion of that game as the NFL was uh, somewhat boring and flicked it over. And they hung on to beat St. John's. Barcelo continues to lead them in scoring. Big surprise, 13 points, 15 rebounds from Gideon George. This uh, No, he's not a JC. Is he a JC, JC kid? New Mexico Junior yeah, College. Yeah, New Mexico. Yep. New Mexico. I thought, uh, yeah, there you go, That uh, out of New Mexico. And I was talking to some people after the game yesterday, you can associate it with BYU, saying they're pleasantly surprised on how good George has been. And this loner kid is a freshman, and he looks like a freshman. <laughs> He looks a little bit overwhelmed, so I would assume that uh, maybe they might make change there, put George in the starting lineup, although that's not that big of a deal. It's about the minutes you play and when you play them. And George was playing down the stretch, deservedly so. So it's a nice win for the Cougars. They got Utah State coming up, uh, what, for Saturday? Is that it? Up yep, in Logan? Saturday up in Logan and, at the Spectrum. Uh, Coach Smith has tested positive for the Aggies. Correct, so and limited amount of fans. There. Yeah. So ah, that's a, that's a good deal for BYU. If that's one place where I'd want limited fans, it would be in Logan, because those folks come out when BYU plays, and it's a big big deal. So Dixie State, man, they beat North Dakota by a point in their first game as a Division One program. Jeff Judkins' brother is the coach there, and UVU gets by Westminster. Utah tonight, Pac-12 and season opener. And hopefully it's uh, it can change us, uh, still happen. Obviously, we know Utah's been having issues. 4 p.m., that's a strange time. Uh, we double-check that? It's not 5? Yeah, it's, it's 4, four. It's four p.m. Four, I, that's on the Pac-12 network I against Washington. I triple-checked it. Okay, good. Washington, now Washington stinks. They got beat at home by UC Riverside. Yeah, Mike Hopkins does not have his best team yeah. up there. That's not good news. So I would suspect that Utah, which obviously has been battling COVID, their coach, Larry, has had it, and their players and all that stuff. So good to see them get back out on the basketball court and actually play a game way late in the season for them. Some teams have had conference, non-conference games, had several non-conference games. The Utes are going to have zero. But record is going to be held, so you might as well have an opportunity. And this should be somewhat of a – it should be definitely a game that you can win. As they would say, Washington is no good. So I'll be watching that today, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, see what the Utes unveil. A lot of new players, but a lot of returning players also too. So they need to get winning. And I think they got an excellent shot here, at least in game one. Southern Utah opens big sky play today against Montana. Already, conference season is beginning. I sort of like it. I like uh, some of these non-conference games just drag on and on and on. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up right around the corner is Coastal Carolina good enough. What do you think? BYU fans, rally around us. We want to hear from you. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. It's a big deal. 
with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Gordon, we have some breaking news from the world of college football. We've been talking about the eyeball emojis coming out of BYU. Jake Edmonds of KUTV says, I can confirm the rumors. BYU at Coastal Carolina is happening. Not that Coastal Carolina is a marquee program, but they are highly ranked this year. Other teams have benefited from playing teams ranked in that same range and have gotten a boost out of that. So we'll see if the Cougars can do likewise. Hey, they're undefeated. This is a good thing. And plus, they need to play. They need to stay on the top of everybody's mind. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Back in. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. DJ's off today. PK, that's me running the show. We got a lot, a lot to hit today, and it'll be with about BYU, and it'll all be about hot takes, or will it be toast? Hot, ta- hot takes or toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Get 0% financing for 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Okay, now, the Cougars are not getting a Cadillac here in Coastal Carolina. Or are they getting a Cadillac in Coastal Carolina? Yak, what's the details on this game? Now, it's going to be played. Everybody and their dog is reporting it. Yes. But what time are we going to be able to watch it on what network and all that stuff? So the original schedule for Liberty Coastal Carolina was 12 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPNU. Uh, ESPN has a big say in this, obviously, considering they're sending a college game day to Conway, South Carolina for their first trip ever to Coastal Carolina this weekend. And it sounds like they have every intention of moving this game later in the day and off of ESPNU to get more of a reach. I don't have an idea if it's going to ESPN, ESPN2, but they want a bigger channel for BYU and Coastal Carolina. Oh, I want ABC. Forget that. There are some Big Ten games locked in on certain slots. Screw on the Big Ten. I'm sick of them. They suck. Get on. They're, they're, they're two best teams. What they play? Like a game and a half so far this season? <laughs> sure. Get out of town. And they probably cheated anyway. Holy freak. Are you kidding me? This is BYU. Coastal Carolina. Game day is going to be there. Ute fans. You have been so jealous of BYU this year and all the publicity that they're getting. How do you feel? Is this a yawner? Coastal Carolina? Game day is going to be there? That means my guy, Kirk Herbstreet, is going to be there? Yep. Desmond Desmond Howard. Howard, He of the cackle? (laughs) (laughs) Tom Rinaldi, Gene Wojcikowski. Yeah, the whole crew. Oh, man. Anybody die in any of these programs lately? Can they... Uh, the, the sentimental soft I don't music. have much of a background on Coastal Carolina, so I don't. I couldn't tell you. Well, BYU, I, been, uh, no. I don't know. I've been studying Coastal Carolina as if I were taking a test back to my days at the Harvard of the desert known as Arizona State University. Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt. Did you know where Coastal Carolina was picked this season? In the Sun Belt East, what the preseason poll was? I'm guessing not champions. Dead friggin' last. Oh, there you go. Dead last. And look at them now. Oh, Coastal Carolina, they're like my second favorite team. You know me, man. They've been doubted every step of the way. I can relate. We're brothers. Two five and seven seasons 
in the uh, recent, uh, most recent past, and only three years ago they made the jump. I was going to say, their 2015, 2016 yeah. is when they made the jump up. Yeah. So they are newbies, and they're having instant success at a relative level. I mean, they've had a couple of seasons in which they were below 500, but if you would have told that program after making that jump back in 16 that here where they would be, after some growing pains, it's sort of like what the Utes had when they went into the Pac-12. They had that first season, they won eight games, and the next season, next two seasons, they won ten games combined. In the fourth season, you had them screaming bowl eligible when they got their sixth win. So, you can I think you can respect what Coastal Carolina has been able to do, can't you? BYU fans, what do you freaking think? You can get on our app, download it. Give us your, what is it, 10, 15-second take? You can go up to 15 seconds. 15 seconds. We want to hear from you, man. You can, uh, what's your Twitter, Yock? You can give it a shout-out. At Jacob C. Hatch. What the heck is mine? I need to look and see. What At is... P.K. Kinahan. At yeah. P.K. Kinahan. I have it memorized. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. I should have that memorized, too. I wasn't sure if I had the, just P. Kinahan or P.K. Kinahan. So what do you folks think? Is this good enough? Now you look at Coastal Carolina nine and zero. Now they have one common opponent. BYU has with uh, Coastal Carolina. That's Texas State. Earlier this uh, season, last month, or was it October? Texas State uh, came to Provo. BYU beat them fifty-two to fourteen. And then last week, just the very last game for Coastal Carolina, they call them the Chance, right? That's their uh, that's the Chanticleers, the, but the Chance, yeah, yeah. The Chanticleers and the nickname on the nickname is the Chance. Now they beat Texas State forty-nine to fourteen, <laughs> so we're just three points off having it be an exact score. Neither of these teams have a loss. They've got the same record, all that stuff. You look at their statistics now against the uh, Bobcats of Texas State in San Marcos, where the game was played in Texas last week. Their quarterback, Grace McCall, for Coastal Carolina, he only threw for like 150-some yards, but it was raining, as I understand it. Now, they had 540-some yards of offense because they ran the ball. They ran the ball extensively in the, I guess it was driving rain that they were playing. So they decided to keep the ball on the ground, basically, and they had all sorts of success there. They're leading running back. They've got three, I'm looking at the stats now, they got four running backs that had at least 341 yards. And C.J. Marable is their leading guy at just a shade, eight yards under 600. He ran for 1,000 last year. The quarterback, McCall, very efficient. 67% 67% completions, 1,700 yards. That's pretty good. He's a redshirt freshman, played in the four games last year that was allowable at the time under those rules that we had. We know those rules. And so he got out there and uh, got some experience last year. He's got tw- one thing that jumps out at me, 20 touchdown passes, one pick. Come on, man. You got to like that, right? One pick. 20 TD passes, only been sacked seven times, so less than once a game. So statistically, they measure up. They've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six receivers with at least 150 yards in receiving. Uh, Their leader, uh, Hele, 682 yards. They got a kid likely at their tight end. 
He's averaging 25 yards per reception. This is a big-time offense. So now we go back to the same thing. Is big-time offense against the competition. Is that big-time enough? Is this good enough for BYU? What is the committee going to think about this? BYU has made it official that they're on their way. Yep, it's officially official. Now they're saying the game will be broadcast at 3.30 our time. So it moved back essentially one TV slot. It's still on ESPNU. ESPNU, so you're not getting, I guess, is that the lowest of all the ESPN folks? I guess ESPN News would be the lowest, but ESPNU, it's, it's, it's on a limited amount of cable packages. It's getting on more and more, but it's not the same degree as an ESPN or an ESPN2. No, I got it. So I have all it. I care about. I have it as well, and that's what. I, that's yeah, exactly. That's all. I can watch the game. That's great, but yeah, it's on not as many TVs as you would hope for. But to be honest with you, BK, to move a game out of a broadcast window to a different network when you usually have these set fourteen days in advance in many cases, I think they tried to move it as best they could. Three thirty, you'll take it. Yeah, the Coastal Carolina people have just got to be ecstatic. I mean, they. It's a no-lose situation for them because they're in the conference. They're trying to establish themselves. For them, BYU to come to their place with game day being there, all the pomp and circumstance around the game is just gigantic. It's probably the best you could hope for. Certainly the best you could hope for for Coastal Carolina because they'll get more of a run with the Cougars coming to town and Zach Wilson – uh, a high, high projected NFL draft pick here in the spring versus nothing against Liberty because Liberty's having a fine season and they're an emerging program themselves. They got a, uh, a name coach and freeze, but the Cougars have a name program and they're willing to literally go all the way across the country. I mean, Coastal Carolina, I, I believe I'd have to look this up, but I believe it's on the coast. Yes. Hence it is. the Coastal Carolina. Right on the doorstep <laughs> of Myrtle Beach. It is. It's within walking distance. I've been there. Uh, so it's right down there uh, at the uh, top end of South Carolina, where not too far from uh, Wilmington, where Michael Jordan grew up. And so you got that going for you. So they've got to be just ecstatic. This is the biggest game they've ever played with the circumstances surrounding it. Now they've only been around for a few years as far as the Division One team goes. So this is the biggest game in their history, and they are undefeated. And is it good enough? What will it do for BYU? I think that's the big question. What will it do for BYU's ability to move up? What do they sit at, 13 now? 13 in the uh, college football playoff yeah. rankings, while Coastal Carolina is number 18. Yeah. And so they've got to win the game. If you lose the game, it does nothing for you, and you have a long, long plane flight back whatever the mile is it's like 2200 miles and it'll feel like five trips around the world if you lose the game that's for sure so you got that going on but this is an opportunity for them to win and for and for these guys too for the cougars is an opportunity to play football because i think that you didn't want two weeks off that, that didn't serve you well that's too much time off when you're playing and playing well obviously they've been playing well and really, for a guy like Zach Wilson in the offense, it, if they didn't play this week, it would be more than two weeks than the, what the calendar would say because the North Alabama thing was a week off, and they barely played 
on that. And level of intensity, it must have been very difficult to drum up something. Now here, even though I obviously I think that Carolina, Coastal Carolina's program is below the stature of BYU's, it's a game. And now everybody, and this is your first game after the rankings have come out. And we've been talking about it all week, and today's Thursday, because moving up one spot is not much. Uh, so we've actually been talking about it for over a week, because that was uh, a week ago Tuesday that the thing has come out. And everybody's been talking about BYU when you talk about the polls and you talk, because we do this every year. Which teams were awarded maybe too much respect? Which teams weren't given enough respect? Well, Cincinnati and BYU. Although Cincinnati, you know, I'm fine with where they're at. Uh, BYU didn't think that they should be that low. So they've been getting a ton of run relative to where they're at. So what does that mean? It means they should have a huge chip on their shoulders because they're not only playing Coastal Carolina, they're playing to prove doubters wrong. And Coastal Carolina has a sense of doubter too. They were picked last in their division. And here they are. They've already clinched the Sun Belt East I'm sure a lot of us don't pay attention to what's going on in the Sun Belt, let alone the Sun Belt East. But that's where BYU is, or uh, Coastal Carolina is. Pick last. So they've got a certain, well, we'll show you. And I don't know. We'll have to check the line to see. Uh, I'm sure they can put that up and get a line on this game. There's an early line already in out. Vegas. All right. Well, I would think BYU would be favored by what? In the 7-8 category? 10 points. Yeah. Opening line. Yeah, so Coastal Carolina, more disrespect. Nobody believes in us. The chance. Nobody's believing. The chance and the Cougars, both 9-0, and both beating Texas State. The parallels, I mean, this is striking. This was meant to be, wasn't it? Was this, uh, Yak, was this preordained or foreordained? Because I never understood the difference there. Which one was it? I don't, I don't you know. You know me. I'm a man of faith, but I couldn't even explain. Predestined, the foreordained. Sure, we'll go with predestined. Let's what does go all that. that mean? I, I, I'm just worrying about what I'm going to have for lunch to try to figure out uh, what was going on in the neons of the uh, life before this life, right? Do you think Coastal Carolina and the Cougars? Now, I also understand, oh, they're starting in January. There is a direct connection between these two programs a direct connection and what is it we will tell you about it next stay with us 97.5 1280 the zone now let's get this party started this is hans olsen and scotty g on the zone sports network chip patterson from cbs sports byu fans are a little grumpy out here do you think they have a reason to be grumpy i was wondering whether or not we would see a response from the committee to the blowback that was happening all across the country for BYU's low ranking. And I almost feel like that was the stubborn response to the response, where now the committee's just going to dig its heels in. And unless we see a late game get added to the schedule, unless we see some sort of scheduling magic, like it does not look good for BYU to be able to even get up in the position where it could take an at-large. So BYU fans have every bit of reason to be frustrated with the way that that team is being treated in the ranking. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. Thanks for joining DJ and PK. We're having a good time this morning. Also, too, i got to tell you about Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to a complete business 
telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees up the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for the 21st century in Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We got a ball game. Coastal Carolina and BYU, the Cougars, soon to be en route to Conway, South Carolina. Just above, uh, right around Myrtle Beach area. Myrtle Beach, big destination, vacation area. I did spend a few days there several years ago. Enjoyed my time. That's where I told you I saw the two guys, uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, were at uh, a coffee shop. They had a big, like, outdoor mall, and they were making an appearance there. And you could get your picture taken and signing autographs. And the line... My goodness gracious, the line around the outdoor mall was about 20 times around. People wanted to see those two. I walked up and peeked in and saw them there. So uh, it was fun to see uh, on that. So we've got this game here on Saturday. Coastal Carolina, BYU, 3.30 on ESPNU. Is that the plan, Yock? As of now, per Coastal Carolina, though, the time slash network is subject to change. Yeah, and so the MAC has just tweeted out that uh, Ball State and SMU, SMU, CMU, uh, Central Michigan was scheduled for that time, will now kick off at noon. So they moved those two games. They've kind of flipped them. Yeah, so they flipped them. But I I just got word that they're looking to see if they can move it to ESPN2. There's still discussions going on. Oh man! Uh, by by the time Jake and Gordon come on at two o'clock today, this thing is going to be on all the networks. It's going to be like a presidential debate. That's how big this is, is it not? <laughs> this thing is exploding right before our eyes. You mean we're going to have like a hundred million people tuning y- in? Yes, absolutely. Man, they're going to have, who's their lead announcing team? I don't even know. Whoever it is, they're going to cover it. This thing is gigantic. You've got teams, they're both 9-0. and zero. Is that not true? They're both 9-0, and oh, two of three 9-0 and oh teams in college football this they season. They both pounded Texas State? Correct. This is huge. Cougar fans, is this big enough? Is this good enough? We've got Brian Keel coming up in a few minutes. He'll give us his strong opinions. This is your chance to respond. How you hanging on? Where are you? This is your time. P.K. Kinahan, hit me up. You can get on our app. You can call. Do all those things. Are you fired up for this game? Bo, bodacious. I'm sure the committee will still find some excuses to dismiss BYU. Oh, the old disrespect card. Will they disrespect BYU? Well, they're not going to move them down if they win. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> That's not going to happen. Can they move them up so they can get in stronger consideration for the New Year's Six Bowl? Because that's the goal. The goal is the bowl. Sort of rhymes. Not quite. Another one here on Twitter. Not having a game this week would have been a failure. This week just needed a team to play. The week after Sanders State, they need to land someone big. So word of wisdom. Wisdom is what he's got. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Okay. Saying that this is not big enough. So we've got one game, one response here. This is not big enough. Is this big enough for you? Is it good enough? Maybe it's not big enough, but is it good enough under these circumstances? How do you handle that? 
What is your reaction to that? Do you think it is good enough? You can go on Facebook. We put that question up yesterday, too. Is this game good enough? Is it big enough? Will it move the meter for the Cougars? Now, if they lose, man, that would be the ultimate downer. And that would be, oh, man, that would be the biggest I told you so ever in the history of BYU football against them, right? You'd fans would take to Mount Olympus and all high points and places in the Valley and just scream it out if that were the case. If they went down in this game, everything that they've been doing and standing for would come crashing down. Brian says, no, this is not good enough. CC's biggest win is Kansas. A winner over the Chanteliers would not be that impressive. David, no. Does not matter who they play and beat, including the top five. This is where independence hurts them. They do not want to give BYU the money, period. The conferences want the money. This is a money grab, plain and simple. Yeah, but if they beat down the door. Are you sure? Do you think that, do we think that the committee, these 13 members, are really concerned about who gets the money? And for these conferences, is the money that they're going to get that important? They're cashing big checks already. You know that. That's the, what t- I'm saying. the TV deals, $50 million in the Big Ten. Right. And so what are they going to get? Four million from this? Is that what they get? The New Year's six games by and large between four and six million. Yeah. So it's so. a payday, but it's not on the same level as what they normally are getting from their T V deals annually. Right. Now I would think somebody like Cincinnati or in the Mountain West, that's a lot of money. And for BYU it's a lot of money. But is it a lot of money for the Big Ten and the Power Fives? Now you're gonna want that. You're not gonna want to turn it down. So, but is the committee concerned about that? Do they factor that in? We've, w- what is the benefit that the committee gets for giving the money to these Power Five conferences? Because we know all about uh, donations in political situations. If I give you something, what are you giving me back? And so what are they getting? Are they getting kickbacks on this? I wouldn't think so. So, I mean, it's easy to say. As far as that goes, I think that the, the playoff, yeah, I, there's pressure from the TV networks probably uh, because they want the highest ratings possible. And so they want the glamour programs. They want the national programs. They want the national players, the players we've been following from a national level, the players that ESPN has been pumping up endlessly. It's the same old stuff. So I can see that. But the Peach Bowl, I mean, they're really worried about that. Who's going to get in? This year, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure I buy that opinion as far as the New Year's Day 6, one other selection of one team is going to make that much of a big, big difference. I, I, I have my doubts. And how much money is it going to be this year? Are they going to receive the same amount of money with uh, limited or zero fans in these stadiums when it comes to that? By and large, yeah. Yeah. So is the money that they're normally going to get, how much is it going to be reduced? Because everything is being reduced. Well, we've heard, so, PK, you, you know DJ likes to talk about this all the time. Mark Harlan, $5 million a game for the Pac-12. Well, yes, the number of games that these teams are playing, so six times five, that's $30 million in theory. That Obviously, when you play 12 games, that's going to reduce your amount you're going to get paid out. 
Yes. Yeah, so where are we going with this? I, I just don't see that the money is going to keep BYU out. I think the committee is going to keep BYU out. But, you know, this this shows a willingness. On short notice, they're literally willing to go across the country. Now, the flip side is, uh, I, I guess maybe there isn't a flip side for Washington. I was going to say, why didn't they do this? Why weren't they so eager to do it last week? I think because they knew that Utah was going to swoop in. So it seems sort of pointless. In retrospect, they should have said, yep, we'll play them because then they wouldn't have taken heat, even though I don't believe the heat is justified that they would have gotten people off their backs because it's still out there. Oh, sure, you'll, you'll do a Sunbelt team on short notice, but you won't do a Pac-12 team. Even if it's unfair and it's not real, it's not true, people are still believing that. And if you're concerned about that, then you can't do anything about it now, obviously, but you could have gone back at the time and said, sure, and maybe the Cougars learn from this and just says going forward, we're not going to take the PR hit even though it's not justified, we're going to say we're good to go, and now they're going to go, and now we can stop with all the coaches and players tweeting of the eyeballs. I got so sick of that. What I'm not sick of is Brian Keel, and he'll offer his strong opinions as he always does. Stay with us. He's coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.